Feel This with Frank and Jess. Welcome to Feel This, a series of experiential conversations where we explore trauma, healing, and awakening through the lens of relationship. Today, we're going to explore big T trauma, little t trauma, and even some of that the air we all breathe societal trauma. I'll share a bit of my story and the significance of losing and finding my voice. We begin by inviting you into presence through a five-minute sense meditation which begins after we talk about why tuning into our senses can be so valuable. So feel this. Good morning. Well, good afternoon, wherever you find us. Hello. Good evening. Hi, Hi, Jess. Hi there. So I want to welcome everyone to the podcast. Welcome to Feel This. We're going to start the way we often start with the meditation. I might allow it to be a little bit different today. Jess, how would you feel if we did a little, maybe a little longer sense meditation? Sounds great. Sounds great. Okay. Yeah. And I I think I do want to say something about the why of this. It feels really important. Focusing on our senses, our senses are the literal doorway to our world. That is how we perceive life. And so by bringing our awareness right to that that kind of prism of where life comes in and how we interpret it, we can and really slowing down with that, we really get in touch with the raw material of existence. It's with all these things that we think about and all of everything that comes through, the, the window of our world happens through our senses. And when we really put our awareness right there at our, at our senses, Essentially, the whole universe, all of life opens up right there. That it is, it doesn't exist anywhere else. <laughs> it is most, most prominent in the experience of our senses. And the Buddhists like to include as the sixth sense, your sense of thinking as another data stream. And, and that, you know, we can have our sense of sight and sound and touch. And then notice the sense that we could sense mental activity just the way we can sense light around us or sound and experience sound, we could experience the the waves of mental activity that happen in our mind as well. I also have noticed that we have a sense of space that, that I feel <laughs> we can sense space around us. We feel when we are, you could feel if you're in a big open space or if you're in a trap box, you have a sense of that without sight or without anything, you can feel it. So that's also a sense that I like to tap into. But yeah, we're going to just focus on maybe one sense or maybe two and, and just really go a little bit deeper with that experience. And by really fine-tuning that, we could really get a sense of um, what it's like to be and bring some awareness to our experience and also bring awareness to our awareness itself. 
which is which is a slightly separate presence from the actual experience of our senses or of the moment. We can become aware of, of the light of awareness itself. Okay. <laughs> you ready, Jess? I am. <laughs> ready, listener? That was my little spiel as to why this is important. I mean, it's to me, getting in touch with our senses is like scales to a musician. It is the it is the fundamental. You you can't play a note without touching the keyboard, right? So you have to, so you can't engage in life in any way without that's not through our senses. Can I add a little something to this mm-hmm. before we begin? Please do. I have parts that are pretty identified as who I am that say that they don't understand this, right? They don't get it. They think they should be able to bypass it. But what I notice is that the evidence is that when I let myself go there, it is exactly what you're saying. It is the doorway into a full present experience, even past the meditation point. Suddenly I have awareness and access to things that I don't normally. So for anybody whose parts, their mind might be saying, yeah, maybe I'll skip over this part or maybe I'll half pay attention. I just would invite you to give yourself over to it completely and see what happens. See what changes let the proof be in the pudding. Nicely <laughs> <We> said. <laughs> that, made me, <laughs> that made me feel good. Proof <laughs> be in the pudding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know that goes for pretty much everything that we share. It's take it and experience it yourself. Yeah. And if it works for you, then great. And if not, move on. You can take what you need and leave the rest from whatever we present here and of ourselves and uh, from ourselves here today on the podcast. Okay, well, let's get into it and we'll, we'll just start. And you can do this wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Of course, if you're driving, just be mindful of your driving, but you can still bring presence to your senses. Your body will still know how to drive or garden or do whatever thing you are doing while you listen to this. And we'll start with bringing awareness to the breath. That's just an easy, a nice starting home base. Just feeling the sensation of air coming into the nose or mouth. And we're going to become aware of one sense. And we're going to start with our sense of hearing. And notice as you become more aware of your experience of hearing, how the sounds that are present right now just became a little bit more forward. And just first allowing yourself to experience the sounds that are present. And first, maybe we could start to differentiate a little bit the kind of sounds that are in the background. Maybe if you have a computer or a thing, you could hear a sound of a fan, something in the room where you are. And first, just allow yourself to experience those sounds that are in the background. And what you will likely notice is a gleaning into the experience of the sound, you'll hear it, and then you very likely we'll notice some mental activity, a little bit of mental chatter about the sound. Like, oh, that's a fan, or that's this or that. 
and it, there may even be some chatter about whether you like that sound or not, or it annoys you, or or what does it mean? Is that what is that thing? And you might see pictures. And this is kind of exactly what we're talking about. This is a perfect example. We have a raw experience of vibration, vibration, the vibration of sound. We have this raw experience. And then there's some mental activity in reaction to that. And just notice that. And we wanna just keep leaning into the raw experience of the sound. And you don't have to stop yourself from thinking, just, just let the thoughts be. And just keep leaning into the sound as if the experience of sound were a light that you just keep moving towards. Just keep moving towards the light of the experience of sound now. You can also notice sounds that kind of come in and out and into the foreground, like the sound of my voice. Just notice that experience. Don't even worry about trying to understand what the words mean. Just allowing yourself to experience the tones, the quality. It's the pure experience of the sound right now. You also might notice as you really lean into the pure experience of sound, is that you start to notice or experience more detail of that sound. This is something that we experience. The closer or more bare attention we pay to something, the more it comes alive. The more we notice, the more we experience. So this is a kind of fundamental lesson that we can learn through just connecting to our senses. The more we lean into the pure experience of our senses, the more they open up, the more rich, the more vivid, the more alive they become. This holds true for all of life, whatever we focus our attention on. In this kind of soft, curious, open way, it starts to spring into a deeper life. So I could and we could go much deeper into this experience, um, but I'd like to, and we could shift to other senses. Um, so let's just consider, we're gonna come out of it, but let's just consider this a, a nice little short tour on the possibilities of what's, what's available in life right at your ears, <laughs> right at your fingertips, so to speak right in the door of your senses, just putting all else aside and experience them just as they are. And a whole world opens up. It's reminding me of our uh, recent podcast where we uh, talked about Leonardo da Vinci, just taking his experience of sight and being curious about it um, and, and what that unfolded and what that curiosity unfolds or opens up. This is kind of a little practice of that.
and maybe in other episodes we'll focus a little bit more on different senses we could focus on our sight or our touch and there's so much to explore about the nature of reality and existence right through those right through those senses so let's uh let's come back that's an interesting just catching myself saying that coming back as if that were we went somewhere else but actually we were much more in the present moment i'm noticing so now i'm coming into this now I, my, my eyes are opening and i see your face jeff so i'm aware of many things coming online in my mind vision visual cortex and then social engagement as i'm looking at your face i'm like ah opening my heart towards you like getting a sense of like oh how it's just feeling in this moment um, very that so and i'm gonna take a moment to connect to you the listener i have some very particular listeners in mind as i connect to you but i am also aware i'm connecting to all of the listeners whoever you may be and I'm just picturing your faces and I'm feeling into my heart and kind of connecting to an awareness that you breathe and feel just like I breathe and I feel. You think like I think. You have parts and fears and wants, just like I have parts that have fears and wants. And... Mm. Okay. Hi, Jess. Hey, I am happy to be here. My uh, my throat isn't quite at 100%, but I think I'll be fine to get through an entire podcast. And I really enjoyed the, the meditation. You said something at the end about returning or coming back. And even though I got what you were saying, that really we were in the present moment and, and maybe some more senses and, and areas of awareness were kind of coming online as we opened our eyes and started to move into the next part of the podcast. I really, I felt this idea of coming back that fit well for me. And I really felt that explaining why we do the meditation and all of that just was such a good fit. I sort of feel like that same similar feeling that I had in our first few podcasts where I would get here and then I would be like, I don't even know what I'm here, what I'm going to say. Right. But that was sort of the evidence of being so present. Mm. Like back when we started, it was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. And that's where I would begin. And then I think, and I don't want to think about it too much, but it's like, I think that something in me got into this idea of doing a podcast or something shifted. And I feel like, like I have more willingness in my system to come here with a certain access to a blank canvas rather than entrusting that I have probably a long list of potential things to talk about in the back of my mind, but that I'm really feeling very present and open to the experience unfolding. I feel less agended somehow than I think I have in, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to pin it down too much, but something feels different and it feels really good. The first experience I had as you were talking, when you mentioned your throat, I almost, I almost interrupted you just because mm -hmm. it was a quick thing, but this is fine. 
I was aware as soon as he said, oh, my throat is you know, not 100%, but uh, better, good enough. And it just occurred to me like, oh, there was this like pain in me, like an empathetic pain. There was an awareness like, oh, this has been a long time for your throat. And it was just a moment of like, oh, yeah, it's been a while. Oh, just just his throat is not well yet. You know, whatever's happening there, there's something there. And there was just this flash of care, compassion towards your throat and your physical body and, and the the experience of it, the whatever it's holding. It was just a moment. It was just a flash. That's so I was just going to pause you and, and just say it because it feels important. There was another a moment later where I thought, and I, I've mentioned this before, we've talked about this before, of what feels really important to me when I do experience any type of pain in the body that more and more quickly, it moves directly to direct compassion. If I have a headache or something like that, normally still my first, first responder is like, Oh, how do I fix this? Oh, I, you know, let me, let me fix it. Can I get an, can I get ibuprofen or whatever? But, and that's still that, that fix it energy is still usually pretty quick, but it quickly softens. And I'm like, okay, but before we do any of that, let's, let's just have some pure experience of compassion and care towards that sensation in my body. And again, I have a lot of impulse right now to talk about what the whys, which I think I, I often skip over. Yeah. Yeah. But not that I, not that I think you often skip over, but <laughs> yes, that impulse to go to the why really excites me. That's, that was my, my, yeah. Oh, that's good. It, I have the impulse to go to the why today. I also have a competing impulse to skip over it. There's a part of me that's present right now. That's like, no, 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 don't just, just go to the next thing. <laughs> don't do the why, but that's, I can sense there's a vulnerability in the, in speaking to the why. I'm not quite sure what, but I, I think it's, well, it's certainly more exposing. Like if I just do a thing and just say a thing and I could just move on, right. And we can just go into the next thing. I don't have to look at really sit with taking ownership of what I said, or even going in more depth of about what I uh, feel or believe around that. There's a, a deeper vulnerability in that. So that makes sense why my system would want to move along. I'm just taking a moment with that. So yeah, again, kind of like the the meditation practice, right? Like it's like practicing scales, right? Right there, every time there is a pain, we experience pain of any sort, there is the opportunity to see how do we react and respond to that pain? Do we ignore it? Do we try to fix it right away? Do we get frightened of it? This is one of the fundamental relationships in life, our relationship to the experience of pain. Another one is our relationship to the experience of pleasure. And, but we can get to a place where we can, as those pains come up, we could look at that as a window into which what is, how do we react and respond to our pain and, or towards the experience of pain as a whole. And by practicing, it's like a little, it's a little doorway. It's a scale, right? It's, it's the opportunity to do the basics of being with the experience of pain, feeling it and feeling compassion towards it and being present to it in the moment. It's a little, it's just a little practice. Right? And then that doing it, it just offers more and more opportunities to make that more and more 
the default way that I relate to life. And well, there's many multiple reasons why that that relating to life is beneficial. I mean, I could put it in all kinds of managerial reasons, right? Like I have found if I am feeling care towards my body, I'm more apt to quickly do something to take care of it. And, and the more I ignore it and stress about it, it, it becomes an unhealthy pattern, right? So like I have experienced pain and I stress, my, my sense of pain increases because my body becomes more prone to feel pain. My experience of pain worsens. I become more distressed. It actually becomes harder to do anything about it. Right. And so then it's uh, just at a physical level, it's not very healthy. It's less healthy for my body to react to pain in that way. And it's much more healthy to be in a caring, open space to it. It allows me to be calm, it allows me to be present, it allows me to be kind of really open to my environment to see more ways that I could help the pain inside me. Maybe I'll be more open to receiving help from others or finding some type of medicine or help to it, but I can do that in a calm way. And then that, right? So that's, that's a great way to treat myself. But then as that becomes secondhand more and more, that is the way I react to other people too, right? So, oh, Jess, you experience pain and of your throat. And my first thought rather than, oh no, what does it mean for the podcast? And you know, all those parts that understandable that they have cares concerns but the first thing is oh just a pure sense of open-hearted compassion towards your body towards your physical body and your experience of pain or restriction in speech right? and all that comes with that and all the emotional connections to this which you know we've you know, I, yeah, maybe we've talked about on the podcast but your connection to your voice and yeah you know, i don't know if we've talked about it but go ahead yeah yeah well, yeah, just my awareness of you as a human being and your experiences of trauma and, and pain and, and your the connection to your voice around that, right? So yeah. all of that, right? Compassion for all of that, all of you. That comes naturally in part because I've practiced that with in relationship to myself. It makes it just easy to, as a secondary thing, to to treat others the way I treat myself. That just, I don't even have to think about that. That just comes naturally once I do it for myself first. So anyway, I'll, yeah, I'll pause there and just see how all that's anything stirring in you or in the listener. So much stirring in me. Okay, let me take a moment to see what bubbles to the top. I really appreciated your awareness and naming that your sharing your why was vulnerable right there at the beginning before we even got into it really resonated with me and it made me curious in a not, not real specific way, but just like, oh, this general question of what we choose to share, what we choose to hold back. Just naming, oh, this feels vulnerable to get into the details, to, to show people who I am or how I think or what, what I value. Once it's named, it's for me at least easier to make a choice. Oh, this is the impulse. Why the impulse? Oh, vulnerability. Oh, well, that's not really the reason I, I, I want to not share, but rather I can be with my vulnerability and still share. It just felt like a really beautiful example of talking that through and then sharing the why. I really felt myself, a couple of things kind of happening along the way. One was, and maybe I don't need to share all the things that happened along the way. So let me just take a moment and 
see if they all want to come forward. This one feel like it has a little more energy. Than- right. Yeah. So, yeah. So the one that has a little more energy is toward the end, you're just acknowledging that my, my throat and my voice are, I guess I would say a significant part of my, my story and the trauma that I experienced when I was young and what I, what happens because I have a, I have a curiosity, right? There's something like, I would like to share that with, you know, here, I think there could be value in that. And a couple of things happen internally. One is, is that appropriate to share? Is it helpful to share? Is it self-serving, you know, like, and then I think about how much I've gotten out of moments when you've shared about your, like your brain tumor or other traumatic experiences growing up that you've had, that I think you've shared here, you know, to some extent and I have a willingness to share. And then I have the parts of me that are sort of having a little board meeting about to share or not to share and and where's the value. And we don't really know. And how do we, is it a thinking thing or is it a, you know, this is what's alive in me right now and wants to come forward. And cause I don't even know exactly what I would share, you know? So anyway, I'll, I'll stop there and see what you're noticing. I'm noticing first relationally a very, I have a smile on my face. It's a, kind of like a warm joy at seeing you kind of just unpack and unfold what you just said. I could, I could see it kind of like slowly, yeah, just unfolding, like a tumbling out go oh, and all made total sense to me. And parallel to my experience of you saying what you were saying, I was noticing in me i had the the vulnerability of to the why that's where you started you know when you were packing that so one your exploration just now the exploration you just did of what you just shared gave me space to reflect a little bit more deeply on what was what was the vulnerability and the fear and where that kind of came from so as you were talking about ooh what would it mean I was actually going, oh, wow, yeah, seeing where that came from. And then as you got to a place of, I, I'm willing, I'm curious, but I really don't know what I would share. And there was this clear, I, I got some, <laughs> like what I, you know, what I was just processing. Let me go first kind of thing. And, you know, or let me, you know, I'll, I'll say. So, and there was a, so this is just interesting, right? Like this process of mind. I'm having an experience in my mind of a reflection. I'm having an experience. I just got a, a text from, and they edit this other not, but I just got yeah. a text from a client. I didn't see the rest of it, but he has read, like you've read the book Group by Chris, yes. Christy Tate. Yes. Which I enjoyed very much. And we've talked about as a kind of foil how are we different in our authentic connection, which is a personal growth group, not a therapy group, but how are we different, how are we similar to those groups? Because it is also about transparency. Mm. And we, I just got a quick text from him and I didn't see much. It came on my uh, little watch thing here, but it, the first line was, hey, Dr. Rosen, which is... <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So the main character, the therapist character in the book is named Dr. Rosen. And uh, so some of 
my clients have jokingly <laughs> compared me. <laughs> so that just brought a smile on so I got I don't know what the rest of the text said, but it, that was the, that was the intro. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that felt good. And makes me very curious about what the rest of it is. But mm-hmm. so what I was saying was very interesting just in the process of one that the choice you just said, what do I share? How do I share? You know, do I want to share that? How vulnerable do I want to be? So I became very aware of like, oh, I I know where that fear of revelation of the why comes from. And it it started, a picture started to come to me. And then I was aware, okay, it took me to my childhood. It's about my relationship with my father. And then, so as that was unfolding and I quickly had a cognitive understanding, like, oh, that makes sense. Like, oh, like the the piece of the, like a, I don't know, a Rubik's cube piece falling in. And, oh, now you've got a nice row of color. Like, oh, it clicked. Okay. there was, That makes sense. And then this other part of mine came on and was like, do we want to say that? Do we want to speak for that? And the caution around it was, I really want to be clear that this is not about saying my father was bad or wrong for whatever was the content of that memory. Uh, which is we'll put in the category of traumatic memory. But, and that in and of itself is a really important place to be able to speak to. This is how I was, this was a hurt. This was an ouch, but I am not making the other, whoever was involved in that ouch, bad, wrong, responsible, or to blame in any way. That is for the other person to process and how they internalize that. This is not about that. This is about, me looking, taking responsibility for what happened in my nervous system and to my nervous system and taking 100% responsibility for that, making that really clear at a time. And the memory that I that happened on was the memory was, it was not a one-time memory. It was a, it was a, a picture of a chronic experience. And that's a, a separate type of a, a type of trauma, right? Like there are one-time things that happen that have an effect. It's very, it's a slightly different internalized experience when it is a, a long series of uh, different ranges of the letter T, right? Like different ranges of, I don't know what kind of words I want to use, but essentially messages that are saying you're, don't be what you are or you're bad or you're wrong in some way. So this is one of those where it's more chronic, less intense, but 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 happens so regularly. Yeah. Which is, if I would, if I did something that my father didn't like or approve of, whatever it is, doesn't matter what it is. I mean, perfectly reasonable thing. Mm, well, we'll get into a lot of things here, but as soon as I start unpacking, the whole thing starts <laughs> unfolding. Mm-hmm. Like losing my keys or losing my jacket. I had a propensity to be disembodied as a little kid, also because of my trauma, right? So I was, because I had intense trauma in various different ways, I was less bodily aware. So I would lose my keys, lose my jacket, lose, you know, things like that. Although I was also eight or nine and had keys, right? Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Which says something to what was happening in the, in the family field, right? There was, there was a lot going on. In these situations, my father would get upset with me. Underst- I, that's understandable. He would get frustrated, but his frustration would boil over to anger. 
And then what he would try to do, which was an attempt to help, would be to try to like, why did you do that? What try to get into my mind. He wanted to get into my mind, but he was doing it in this very hyper-focused, hyper-frustrated, and also hyper-critical way. And he was also really like he was an adult and he was good at doing that. He was good at kind of cornering people within their logic and pointing out the flaws of what they're doing, which was of absolutely no help <laughs> to me at all, except that it lit this fire of uh, intensity and fear that I don't want to experience being grilled again. I had this experience and the inner experience is one of feeling incredible pressure, a kind of sense of being cornered. Nothing I say is going to I'm connecting to, in previous podcasts, Jess, you've spoken to when awareness feels like the interrogation room. Yes. And the the harsh light of where were you on the night of the 14th? Yes, <laughs> yes. And that, that's, that's the feeling. I am now in the interrogation room and I'm a small child and there is a large, angry, frustrated adult who's locked me in the room and I'm at the interrogation table. And I can't get, I, I don't have the choice to just say, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> Right. Every, every attempt I do maybe to try to get out of it. No, you know, we have to talk about, you know, or this is a problem or you're, this is going to, and then this is going to be a problem for you in your whole life. Right. So now he's, you know, now it's becoming bigger thing. Right. So yeah. <laughs> you have to deal with this, but it feels like this interrogation room. Right. So this real feeling of feeling trapped, feeling scared, feeling small, powerless, also confronted with there's something wrong with me that I can't fix and, and I can't get away from it. Right. So this whole, this whole realm that is very painful. So from those experiences, chronically, the mind over time developing parts of me developing, okay, we don't want, that's a painful experience. Let's go away from the pain. Right. Can't do much about it. So how, how might I find ways to do that? Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you my why. Yeah. And that just becomes a global way of responding to the world. Like I'm just not going to, it becomes more and more, especially, particularly my, my father as a child, but I learned it's going to be easy to stay safe in relationship. If I don't tell you, if I don't reveal anything, you can't corner me on my reasoning if I don't give it to you. And if I don't even make my desires and wants clear with you, then that gives you even less. You can't do anything with that. If you, so, if, but if I say what I want and if I say why I want it, then you can pick, pick it, it against you. And that's going to go back to that traumatized memory, that place in me that feels, feels powerless, that feels trapped. Mm. I'm just going to connect to that, right? Like, so I've, I've said a lot of words. I've kind of painted the picture. And I'm going to now take a moment to bring my consciousness back into my body. And I have this image of that, that kid being kind of grilled by my father or questioned by my father. And I'm just connecting to him. And I even have kind of love and compassion towards my dad. I, I, I don't, like I said, this really isn't about him in this space, although I do feel compassion for him and what he may have been feeling. But what's more important to me in this space is that kid who chronically went through that. 
And I'm aware in this moment as I do that, there's a energy of, I don't want him to go through that anymore. Right? Like I don't want him to ever experience feeling kind of trapped or powerless in that way. And then there's an awareness of over the years, parts of me have done that to myself. They have internalized out of their own frustration and fear. I like flashes of when I was more, more drug addicted in my past. And you see what's, you know, like when I was really in my own way, there was a voice in me that was trying, would try to interrogate me. Why are you doing this? Why would, why, you know, yeah, of course, in, in an attempt to help and yeah. using the tools that he just internalized. Internalized is a good word. I have another, there's another more fancy psychological term we use of like introject where we, yes. in, right. Where we take that part of ourselves and we make it a part of ourselves. But it's simple enough to just say, I internalize that, that mode of being, which is what we do. Yeah, we do to ourselves and others what was done to us. Yes. There's, uh, you got to do a lot of work to get out of that. I think a lot of awareness work. Yeah, that's a, that's a great phrase that uh, I um, am was blessed by another teacher who shared that on IFS teacher, Tony Irvine Blank, she would say in the trainings, what was done to us, we do to others, we do to ourselves. It's like a little prism that you could, you could look at what we do to others and see what, what we do to ourselves and we, what, we, what was done to us. And we could see, look through the lens of what we do to ourselves and see how we do it to others or how it was done to us. So, and it's just to have compassion for all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, appreciate you sharing it's you know all the the specific detail about you and your story and where you come from and how it shows up even today as well as i think hopefully hopefully people are are hearing this as well that it's a universal experience and how it's very spiralic i have a teacher who uses that word a lot it's like you learn a little bit more and then you go back to some of those, as you call them, sacred portals of trauma, you know, and suddenly you see a whole different layer. You see it from a different perspective. You understand the impact in a new way. And I also really appreciated, um, I know this is more content focused, but appreciated your little, um, like sort of saying the difference between those more moments of big trauma, this impact, this thing happened this once that was a big deal. And then those kind of more consistent, this was the life I lived. This was the air I breathed. This mm -hmm. was the thing that was said to me in various ways over and over and over again. For anybody who's you know worked with their trauma, it's, it's interesting. There's, a, there's similarities and then there's also differences in how, at least for me, how I come to understand the impact that those things have had. I think for me, I went into therapy thinking it was all about the thing that happened when I was five or six. You know, how slow my system was. No one ever, I think, pointed it out to me, at least consciously, how much the air, and what I mean by that is the the norms, the social psychological, emotional norms, even physical norms in the house that I grew up in, 
um, how much those have impacted my sense of who I am and how I'm in relationship with people. Um, those are, I think, a lot more, they're more subtle, they're more sticky, and they're they're like sprinkled everywhere, right? And they take, I think, a little bit more time to even see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I feel excited, a calm excitement in what you're saying right now. And I also feel this uh, focus clarity. And I also feel that like, oh, I have so many things I could say, but there's this, maybe I'm going to say wiser mind that's saying, we're going to kind of tighten the beam a little bit. And rather than name all these different things that really focus on what feels important and alive, which is one, the feeling of excitement or like focus as you're saying that the connection that I'm making between what you're saying right now and what I came in with, I was meditating earlier and, you know, a little bit like, oh yeah, what, what wants to come forth on the podcast today? What, you know, and there was a bunch of different voices, but one of the strong words that was coming up was liberation, liberation, like that word was coming up and this kind of sense of like, what does it mean? Why is that important to me? Curiosity around that. And it was started to come to this sense of the word liberation on one side. And then what was developing out of that was the, the union or the, the how does trauma work or trauma informed align with what we call enlightenment awakening? Well, how do those two come together? Mm-hmm. There's this liberation and there is this question of, how do these two come together in me? And that was this uh, curiosity awareness. Because I've, I've noticed a, I experienced in, when I first started walking a little bit in the Buddhist path of become, becoming open to that and people who were in that path, a more of a segregation of those two places. It's almost like, you know, looking at psychological self was a little bit of a dirty word for the particular people who were practicing Buddhism. You know, it was a little like, nope, that's off the mark. The mark is just awakening, and that's just a distraction into the world of thoughts. And with, that's a perspective. I'm just saying that. That is a perspective. But I have yeah. found a, a what feels more true and valuable to me, which is there is a place where these two realms come together incredibly beautifully and are, are really, really helpful in, in, in supporting each other. So one, I was like, oh, this is a really good field. And what you're speaking to, what we are speaking to, this balance point between this kind of capital T trauma of like, oh, this happened to me. It could be a hurricane. It could be being abused physically. Uh, it could be all kinds of like hard, very intense capital T trauma. And it doesn't have to just be one time. That could be someone you know, I, I was raped or abused or beaten on five occasions or 10 occasions, right? And so there's like, I'm picturing kind of a spectrum where there's just like one intense event or several intense events. And as we move along the spectrum, it becomes more and more of the air we breathe. It becomes more, these are the just the, the ways in which we bang into each other and live and breathe that we all consider to be normal. And as when we're talking about liberation, we're talking about this whole, oh, when I'm talking about it, I'm talking about this whole spectrum. And in fact, the spectrum that we're that we're talking about awakening from is awakening from the 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 very mundane trainings of being and mind of limitations of mind of of shackling of mind that are in what does it mean to be 
a human being, but as a man, as a woman, right? How are you supposed, right? Indoctrinated roles, what we talk about when we talk about uh, uh, power systems and uh, patriarchy and body image. Yeah. The whole range of it, right? Capitalism, right? Like the idea, the ideology that we all swim in. It is the water. It is the the small t trauma that is all living in when we're saying something is more important than your humanity. Anytime we say something is, is more important than your humanity. Okay. It doesn't matter what you feel. You need to go to work, right? You need to produce, you need to do something, right? So anytime that energy is coming, it doesn't matter what you feel about this. What matters is how it looks to others, right? Like we can start to see this picture to me in this moment, at least, when something is placed over or on top of our humanity, more valued more than the individual humanity, there is a wounding in that. There is something to be liberated from, right? So one, I'm going to take a step back. I'm excited about this realm because this is to me why it's so important that capital T stuff it was that stuff that I went to first and that started to open me up to, oh, wow, this is happening in all these small ways everywhere. My mind is kind of taking on these stories, these narratives that I am unconsciously burdened by, right? that, are, that is unconsciously limiting my experience of life. And it's telling me that I can only be a certain way. I can only look a certain way. I can only, all, all kinds of limit, limiting thoughts. And we can call that a limiting thought, limiting belief. The culture has built into it all, all manner of these beliefs that are meant to help things kind of move along or be helpful. Um, but ultimately, um, ultimately it might be a strong word, but uh, consequentially also has the impact of limiting the human spirit, which is, I don't know what word to put on that. <laughs> There's words that want to come, but I also don't want to dualize uh, too much either. But it, it's, it's an ouch at the very f- most fundamental level. It is a deep ouch. Yeah, it's the opposite of liberation. It's yeah. like, yeah. yeah, limitation versus liberation. Right. Yeah. Limitation has a place, right? Like that we, that definitely has a place in holding all the balance of the energies of the universe. Boundaries and limitations are an important place. But limitations without choice and without awareness, that's not what we're looking for. Right? We, we want boundaries to be able to be chosen and to be flexible. So I'm going to pause there. I've said a lot. I am excited, a little nervous, probably in the same realm of, oops, I've exposed... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it really is that like that there is a part that's like, I just exposed a lot of stuff and I'm aware all that stuff could have, could be poked at. You could point holes in everything I just said. Uh, one sure. Thing. Right. And, and that, that just echoes right back to that original set of trauma, right? Like, oh, I've revealed it. Now it's, it's available for people to poke holes in. Okay. How do I, in this now, respond and react to that right in this moment? And it's just with some care right now towards myself. Mm-hmm. So I'll pause and see what's happening in you, Jess, and see what's happening in the listener. I'm gonna, let's give a, a, little, yeah, a little space here just to see what's coming up.
So I'm having two experiences primarily. One is that sense of excitement about the content that you're sharing, the ideas. As I'm looking at it, the personal as, you know, and the transpersonal, the personal like experience is this holographic it's like a holographic sort of experience like it's all it's all there and and the big picture view of our whole culture and our relationship with capitalism and shame as a tool to control and all these and then that individual experience that that one has and i can feel my my brain getting excited and interested and curious and the other thing that's happening is a sense um, and I'm not exactly sure this is something maybe that hasn't happened here before. So there's a part of me that's like, I don't know what to do with this, which is a sense of like distance from you. Mm. I feel like I'm usually the one that's a little bit more like off. And then you'll say something, you'll be like, what about, you won't say it like this, but I feel like called back to the us, to the me and you. And I feel I feel some, so I definitely feel vulnerable saying this and I feel some fear and some sadness and I'm not sure what to do about all that, but I guess I'm doing it by saying it's here and I'd be happy to say more, but I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Naming that. Yeah. I'd like to respond, react, um, engage. Yeah, I'm going to say like what's most present to me now is this like, it feels like this energetic uh, sensation in my chest. It's just like this ball. It's right there. And it's this opening that's here now. And it all those feeling, lovely feeling words you just said right at the end. Sad, fearful, a little, I don't know if you said anxious, but they're kind of sad, fearful. And I could hear them and I could feel them and they were going, the vibrations of the sound, right? Coming back to where we started with the, the sense meditation, like experiencing the vibration of the sound and it's just kind of like landing in my heart and I was just feeling it. That That was my most recent experience. Now I'll back up to like, what was it like to hear you when you first started speaking? There was this little moment of like, this very small moment of like catching my breath, like, and like, oh, am I in trouble? <laughs> like very, very, very minor, right? Like very like, oh, just is saying a sense of disconnection or distance. And there is an immediate sense of, oh, I'm, did I do something wrong or go off or something, right? That little like, oh, am I not bringing a quality of, pre-? you know, like, little bit of very mild flavor of shame energy not a lot but it was just kind of there but it was like floating off the side here i was feeling that and like really open and listening like oh but trusting like oh yeah because you were naming like you are the, usually the one who calls this back to relation uh, into a relational space and i was then shifting into accessing that in me and like there was this opening like oh yeah this is good like more open and there was also this sense of not right or wrong or bad the sense of what where i was was really 
good and alive and great. And now you invited this other dimension. So it just felt like a, oh, and we could put sprinkles on top of this, <laughs> right? Like, right? Like two, right? Like there's this whole other layer here. And then that started to open up like, oh yeah, that, that layer uh, started to come alive. And that's where I started to feel that in my chest, that, that the interpersonal layer was like opening up. And then the feeling words that you were naming were like, like they were nourishing to like what was opening up in me was like, yes, I know I desire interpersonal connection and I want that. So that desire opening. And then the feeling words that you gave me were like cords that I could hold, like something could connect. Mm -hmm. It was like clink. Ah, just feel sad. Ah, just feel scared. Ah, okay, good. Like not good that you're feeling those things, but that's almost immaterial because what's the what is material in this space is that I'm connected to you emotionally and I feel you. And I can not only can I understand the words you're saying, they're in alignment with what I'm feeling. I could hear it in your voice. I hear the sadness. I hear the fear. Yes, that's that feels true to me. And I feel connected. Okay. And I feel settled because I am connected to you. Yeah. How is how is that to hear? Feels feels it feels good and it feels somewhat like there was a little bit of surprise. The surprise, you know, when you said you felt that little tinge of like kind of, oh, like a little bit of shame. I was what came very quickly in my system for just a moment was, did I do it right? You know, how do you do this? How do you say, you know, something like what I said and wondering, but I didn't take much, I didn't feel like a whole lot of energy. It felt like a little pop in my system. And then to hear that the words fear and sadness would have been connecting was kind of surprising that that felt good. Right. Not that I felt sad and afraid, as you said, but that it was, I guess the way my, my mind comes up with words is it was a very present moment statement of the importance of our connection or our relationship or that I was expressing to you. I don't know. Can you, can you actually like, and also I'm aware, I will say that I have this other awareness that I haven't been talking very much. And so part of me is like, I do have things to say. Is this a carryover from last time? You know, that I'm not talking very much. Not that I have more to say right at this very moment. I would like to, I'm kind of curious how you see that, that, that what kind of feeling is coming from me doesn't, really matter but that the fact that i'm stating my feelings i'm very curious about the effect that has on you well what came to me well one something like didn't fit exactly what you said like what yeah what you're feeling doesn't matter because like oh what does this voice mean like what you're feeling is all that matters so I want to hold that. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that is very, very true. That And there was a clarity in me about the frame, what frame of reference I am, we, I, we, right? So me personally, but then us together, if we are both of the same quote unquote mind, is I'm going to do a comparison. If the frame of reference is what we want is to feel good and happy all the time, then and so we're going to connect, Jess, in order to feel happy and good. 
right? Like, because that's the goal of it in some way, right? From that reference, oh, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling sad and scared. Well, then from that reference, that's a problem. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. And that's that's the thinking that I want you to talk more about. Like, yes, because I think most people would assume you're scared, sad and scared. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Right. So yeah. that's the frame of it. Like, oh, this. And then immediately we're problematizing the moment. Right. Like what, what actually is, is that you feel sad and scared. And that is really important. But it's not a problem at all. Right. And in fact, the frame of reference of mind that I'm entering into that moment with, with from my heart was this desire to connect. And what that means to me in that moment in this space is to be emotionally attuned to the other, which means essentially to know what the other is feeling in the moment, to know it in the body and to be attuned to how I am kind of resonating with that. What feeling am I feeling with you in that moment? That's, as simple as it, that's to break it down as simply as possible. You're feeling, that's what I want. I want to know what you're feeling. You're feeling sad. You're feeling sad. I, I don't have any judgments or feelings about what those feelings are. They're, they're just feelings. They're not saying that they're not important. They are important. They're very important. They're the, one of the most important things that we can be aware of and in touch of and care for. Right. But but not on some sort of value system of best feeling, worst feeling. Right. That's the thing I think that I think most people and parts of me still are like, you know, they assume. So it's to give value to, you know, when you said when you name what you're feeling and then I can see what I'm feeling as a resonant to what you're feeling. It made me think of our sensory meditation at the beginning and how the listening to the pure sound is the connection and the point of mm. presence that it's like, I am now fully, I'm more fully here and connected to you by knowing what you are feeling. It's part of the information that brings me into the moment with you. And that that is the actual connection, not are you feeling good or are you feeling bad? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, I had words that feel really good. Like, yes, you're you're putting into your own words what feels true to my inner experience. Mm. I had a conceptualization of it, but it kind of came in and flashed out. I have, we'll name a couple things. One, I'm feeling, I'll start with the feelings first and interpersonal feelings first, right? Well, more specifically, I'm feeling like a strong sense of connection with you. I mean, if we're now there's a visual as a metaphor coming, like if we are rock climbing, I feel like we're both kind of like tethered in. I'm trust, you know, my, I'm trusting my partner. I, like I, you know, you got me and I got you and we're in a groove. So I, that's the kind of like connected energy I feel with you now towards you. I am aware of a few branching out points of possibility that's in my mind. One, there's this whole realm of when you spoke for, I haven't been talking as much and I'm aware of that. So I want to, there, there's a, there's a little world right there, right? Mm -hmm. I, I had feelings and you said it. I want to, um, 
as I say it, there's a couple other things, but that, that one feels like it has a lot of energy for me. So I think I want to stay that with that. I don't even want to name the other things. That, that feels like that feels fruit, like a fruitful path right there. Yeah. But I want to check in with what's happening with you. Yeah. I'm feeling I'm feeling more drawn in. Like I think there before I named what I named a few moments ago, um, I felt like I was becoming sort of an observer. Mm. I felt sort of like on the, like an audience member almost. Mm. That's how I was. Not that I really knew it, but that, that there was that sense that I was a little bit on the outside. And so now I feel, I really like that image of climbing together. I feel like a part of what's happening now. And I feel excited about what might happen next. And I'm curious what you were feeling or what came up for you when you heard me say the, the awareness I had that I wasn't talking as much. And then also, okay, we'll leave it there. <laughs> it's hard not to say all the things. I'm curious about you also. I'd like to hear it. I'm going to try and hold. Okay. Okay. The, the also was in my awareness, a connection with the fact that I had stated earlier that I've never talked about on this podcast, some of the sort of connecting points mm-hmm. in my own story around my throat and sort of sitting back desire to share that. Mm-hmm. And then noticing I haven't been talking as much and being like, well, there it is to some extent. So real curiosity around that. Yeah. That's yeah. That's super. This all feels super. Uh, and I have a big smile on my face. I like, Ooh, that, you're also feels very importantly connected. So let's walk down the path a little bit. What came up to me when you said, I noticed I haven't been talking as much. Like there's like this little like explosion, very small, but like, like it was again, that little moment of awareness. Like I wasn't tracking that. And then there was a little flash of shame, a little flash of like, Oh, now it's going to connect back to me. It connects right back to when we talk about liberation and the narratives that we're holding, right? Because what came into my mind, I'm a man, you're a woman. So what's the narrative? The men take up with the, all the air in the room and that's bad, right? And I'm going to put that in quotes, mm. this, right? So one, what's happening, this is like cultural awakening, right? So cultural awakening, we start to become aware. These are, oh, wait a minute. Why is this happening between genders, right? We start to become conscious of this. So then we we name it and that's great. And then there's this thing like, oh, there's this thing we named. And all of a sudden that thing we named becomes the reality itself. It becomes this kind of like shame point now that where now I'm holding this narrative and I'm feeling, ah, I feel shame, right? Like in that, right? Like, oh, am I that quote unquote, that guy, right? So now we're both... Here we are, you and I, two conscious, awake beings, right? And here's this cloud in the room, right? And uh, yes, right, like of gender and there, and there's a little shame. Oh, I should have, I shouldn't have, I, and I should somehow doing more. And what will that right? Like, and, and this fear of this of the. Now we can shift to, instead of listener to audience, maybe judgmental audience. The fear of that. I'm creating that right now. I want you to know that is my imagination, right? That I've created for a good reason. But right now, that's not here at all. 
right? Just as, but it's in my mind, okay, there is this listener who might be judging me in that way. All of that little, in that little. Wow. Yes. All of it was there, right? And it was almost like, you know, like on a, a movie or a TV show now where you can just kind of pause and stop time and like see, you know, all of that. And there was this little moment where I could just see it all. It's all right here in the room. And then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to move along with the next moment with you, Jess. Now you connect back to, so that, that little blast is there and you're connecting back to your, you had this wondering, I want to, I don't know what it would be like to tell my story. Frank told a little bit of his, I kind of, I might want to talk more about that. Oh, I, I don't know if I, right. Like, do I, do I not, you know, all whatever is happening inside you. Right. So there, I'm just going to pause there. But yeah, yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm. So I'm smiling really big, and I'm really excited. And I, at all that you're naming, bringing this conscious awareness to, and and I'm so excited how it's all coming together, right? Like I bring up this thing about you offer compassion to my throat. You name, you know, your awareness of some of the stories around that. I wonder if I should tell the story. Then you bring up this liberation and trauma situation. And then here it is, like this opportunity to take something that's so specific and personal to me, to you, to our relationship, to this moment, and then to point out that sort of universal or cultural norms that people are walking with to bring a conscious awareness feels really exciting. As I was listening to you a couple of moments ago before I said the part about, I feel sad and afraid of stating that you right. In the moments before I stated that, I was sort of sitting here asking myself, it was sort of happening a little bit in the background, because I was listening to you, but in the background, I was having these sort of thoughts. Why, why am I waiting for him to Mm -hmm. invite me into the conversation? Why am I waiting Mm -hmm. for him to, to ask me what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking or to, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and, and it wasn't to, to give a sense of the quality of that. It wasn't, it was pure curiosity. What am I telling myself right now? What are the norms that I walk in here with that I've just, maybe because you have invited me in, I've never had a chance to be 100% responsible for the space that I take up here. I mean, that's probably going to happen over and over and over again on some level, right? That's not a one-time thing. But in this moment, where am I assuming that I don't necessarily have the, I don't even know, the the liberation, the internal sense of liberation to speak, to name, to value. And even at the beginning when I said, like, should I share my story or should I not? There was a lot of that underlying, that question that I asked. It wasn't, am I brave enough? Because I am, I'm happy to talk about in, in our group, I, I really know the value that if I speak for what my experience and my truth and, you know, what that is, that 
other people will benefit, right? I may have the part that's afraid I'm self-serving. So why is that coming up right now? You know, all of that's been kind of, yeah. So in this moment, I'm curious to hear what's coming up for you. And then I do feel the want, even in a sort of potentially short and simple way to share like a mini version of the story of my throat and the story of my voice. Beautiful. Yeah. My experience, something I was listening to you and it was interesting. I was a little bit, not in the bad way, I was really present, but a little bit like on the outside and really curious and interested on the outside Mm -hmm. about what was happening. And then you said, when you clarified, not that I thought you were being judgmental, but you clarified something. You said, you know, I, I really want to make it clear and and these questions are coming from this really curious place and you said it and I could feel it. And it was like, I'm getting a little teary because when you said it and I felt it in my body and I I got like little chills in my skin right now, as I say it, it was something like, Oh, that energy of curiosity. It was like, I I know that I want, like I'm drawn to the light of that. And when that happened, I closed my eyes and it was like, I went from the outside to the inside and I was suddenly like, the rest of the time you were speaking, it was as if I were seated inside your consciousness and you were like, and we, because I was you in this moment, you were like the voice guiding me along and you were looking at all the things that were happening and you were asking all of these curious questions. You were just looking at it like, oh, here's this choice. I wonder about that. I wonder about this. I wonder, oh, what is this? Why did that? You know, like, and it was like, this little kid in me, I, it feels young energy, like a little wide-eyed kid was just getting to be taken around by this energy of curiosity. And he was just so happy to like, it was like someone's walking me through a museum with this ton of curiosity, like, look at this. What is, I wonder why that's there. Like, no, again, no judgment towards what it's here, but a real, like, what is that there? Why, why is that? Why wonder, oh, look at that over there. And it was like, and in that same picture, that little kid was just like, what a gift for him to be taken along that ride of, of a curious. And then these flashes of awareness in me of how much I am not on the outside and, and how much I am on the inside and the difference. Like I, was, I would get these little flashes of, I know what it's like to be on the outside. And from the outside, I have I got to put it in the box or I don't know. There's something that is not the same as being on the inside of it. And it was just a pure... Mm, immersed I was immersed in my imagining my feeling into what the inside of your consciousness is like in that moment yeah yeah that feels really good it feels it feels again I think I've named this one one other time it feels like it points back to the sensory meditation at the beginning that it is your trust in entering into the present moment in various ways, like even more fully and trusting that you can sort of, uh, this is how I see it. I don't know if this fits for you. You can sort of let go of your discerning, thinking, controlling mind, the part that is needing, that doesn't trust enough to, you know, that has to kind of be on the outside. You know, you can, you can let go of that and just get on the ride and just lose yourself in what is in the moment. Mm. Yeah. I saw you smile there for a moment. I'm curious. (laughs) Well, I have things happening 
and I'll name, there's one part that like won't say something, but I'm also holding, I want, I heard a clear want in you. Mm, yeah. A, a want in me to explore that. I would think I want to name, and before I just want to name it as the general category. Like, I am aware I'm holding the balance of, I want to bring, when I come into the space, I feel good when I have like a sense of clarity about wanting to speak and having a sense of value of what I'm speaking. And that energy is present. And I want to balance that with, because when that energy is present, I, I have a lot to say and I have a lot of clarity and I have a lot of comfort with saying it. Yeah. And I'm just aware I want to, there's a want of balance in some way. It doesn't have to be perfectly balanced and things don't have to be in that way at all. But yeah. Connection. I still want, yeah, I want connection with that. So I'm, I'm just aware of holding those two. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate. So I, yeah, I would like to, to share a bit of my story and mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that generally speaking, you and I are very well matched in that way that we hold value and that we can articulate what's happening inside of us. And I feel great joy at that. You know, I mean, generally speaking, I think that I have, as you do, just this willingness to see the value, to share what's happening to, you know, it's just, it's so fun. So shall I, shall I share a little bit about the, (laughs) so from where I stand now, I don't know how, what will, what exactly will come out of my mouth until it does, but I really appreciated earlier when you were able to articulate as you were telling the story about why sharing your why is so difficult that you really sort of shared you owned your story you didn't put it off on your father but you also had compassion for your father i'm not sure what characters beyond me will come into this story as i tell it but I feel very similar to what you were saying. And I hope that I also can articulate as well as you did the the distinction between those. When I was, I don't know exactly what age, I would say five or six, possibly four. I don't think I was older than six. On three different occasions, one with, which I remember with great detail and clarity, I was molested by a relative, a cousin who was a teenager at the time. And I chose as much as one that age can choose not to tell anyone for 10 years, more than 10 years. So this happened to me 40 years ago. And roughly 30 years ago, I, for the first time, shared it somewhat under duress. Um, I was sort of being asked to go see a gynecologist for the first time. And I was terrified. And I, I was, I remember backing into the corner of the kitchen and sort of pressing my body against the cabinets. Like I was, nobody was moving toward me, but I felt myself trying to get away. And, and my mom and sister we're very naturally like, this is just part of what happens now. And what's, what the heck is going on? And that's when I shared it for the first time. I mean, and that's, that's just right there with nothing else, right? That's just so to think of those formative years 
that I sat with that and made up stories about what it meant and looked at the world and all the things that happen inside of me without ever getting anyone's perspective. And then that year, the year that I first said it, a lot of things happened in my life, um, including my parents got divorced. There were addiction issues. There was an intervention. There was my, my father moving out. So much happened. And at the end of that year, I got my first boyfriend. I went across seas. I like went to England for a number of weeks and came back. At the end of all that, I ended up getting mono and I lost my ability to swallow and to really, I got the sorest throat I'd ever had. And it's just so, let's see, I'm going to pause there. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to pause because I feel like something in me is, I'm going to name something in me is coming forward that wants to just start going, talking, sharing, sort of, it feels like the quality of being maybe in a, on a stand and telling my story to, um, you know, a jury in a way, like making my case, making my point, giving all the, maybe it's a version of your, your, your why thing, where it's like a feeling of, there's so much more to the story and yet that's enough. Right. So I'm just going to pause there. And I know you've heard all this, but I'm still curious what's coming up for you. Um, the first peak memory that came up in uh, my recent memory of listening to you is the moment where you were in the story you told you being in the kitchen and backing yourself away from your mom and your sister. And there was something very powerful in that moment when you know, your mom or sisters, you know, in the, in the voice of them, you said, this is just what you, this is totally normal. This, this is no big deal. Like what's, what's going on with you? What, what's happening there? And I could see you in a 16 year old or thereabouts with a. Yep. That's right. And the mom and sister and the kind of confusion in their face and the realization for them in that moment, like even before the words of explanation coming out, the, the kind of knowing from your just your body response of that. And there, I, I felt tears in my eyes in that moment. I was there and it was interesting for me in that moment. That moment was a... That was a kind of a turning point in your story. Like you, after you told that moment, the timing, like a next chapter or next beat, there was a different. There was a shift in the energy of your story. Yeah, moving in a different direction or at a different level. It was out of that particular scene and, and kind of like more uh, across time. Mm-hmm. And there was an impulse in me to reach out to you to connect because I was feeling that emotion like right there. And then there was a debate in me like, oh, should I? interrupt you and again the whole thing like wait Jess's part telling me Jess's voice is being stifled so even me I don't want to interrupt you because I'm like I don't want to do anything that's in the realm of hey wait a minute or something but I was very much aware of feeling that way oh there's okay in this moment there's a little flash of remorse because what I realized was what I went to in that moment was okay I'm going to remember this I'm just going to hold this in my heart and remember it 
because this is important. But what I didn't do, the, the little remorse type of feeling was like, oh, I could have expressed that to you empathetically, energetically mm. in that moment. Because what I wanted to pause you was just to make the expression, like just to say, just I just want you to know that I'm tearing up and that touched my heart so deeply that moment. And okay, let's go on. But I just want to register with you that how that impacted me in that moment. A real felt sense of that felt important. And also you going on felt important, but there was something about, there was a whole world in there of like, oh, wow. Anyway, I'll just pause there. I could say more, but I, I want to see how this is feeling to you. And what, yeah, what is that like to hear? Yeah. I am feeling really like a warm feeling in my kind of the center of my chest and a little bit of feeling of sadness in my throat, actually. I'm glad for all of it. Like, I'm glad that you didn't stop me. It felt good to just have the space and blah, blah, blah. But I'm so glad that you shared that you didn't stop me and that, that that moment and that you shared that you held on to that and shared what happened for you in that moment. It helped me slow myself down inside. And I went back to that moment and I felt I've said it already today, that sacred portal of trauma. Like I find such value in that slowing down expansion that happens in a moment. Mm -hmm. There's so much in a moment. And so I felt myself standing with you, you know, us now Mm. at one side of my kitchen, Mm. observing this and just feeling, even though you you're having your experience, I'm having mine just so much there. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could feel that in again having that similar experience of allowing myself to kind of go inside your your experience just now and, and how you went back to there and how you value and I also how I also value there's and the, the beauty of you saying you know, there's so much in a moment. I mean that's just so beautiful and so profound and true. Like it's all in the moment. Right, like it's all in a moment. Uh, I, I think of the, you know, the the piece about the universe and the grain of sand, right? and mm-hmm. the time, all of existence happening in a moment. It's all right there. And taking us back to the the meditation again, it's like it's all right there. It's in it's in this experience of this moment, this sound, that moment at that table, and that being a an especially powerful moment and this feels to me like i want to be there with you right like i have thoughts and feelings of that space and one word the one word that's coming into me is revelation i think for me that's what when the moment that felt so touching was when you when your mother and sister realize something is here that they didn't know something is being revealed and that that was like so powerful to me and connecting like there's a there's a connection there so that's what i 
that's what meaning I find in this in this space with you. Um, I'm curious what yeah what's coming up now for you. For me, what's 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 really feeling so first off, thank you. It's it feels really good to just be sort of standing at the edge of this kitchen in this moment with you and just taking our, our a little bit of time with it, you know, and and to hear what what struck your system, which I haven't really given a whole lot of thought to that. What's striking me right now and resonating is these three women, young, and my sister's four years older than me, and then and then my mom, who would have, you know, been in her uh, mid forties or whatever. That she would have been my age, actually. Weird in that moment, and thinking about the norms in my house and probably somewhat the norms of that time, maybe the norms still of just telling a 16 year old, it's time to go see a gynecologist, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's time to, we just describe that there's this cold speculum and there's this weird feeling and this person's going to have their, their face all up in your business. That's crazy. Like, so there's a part of me that's like, holy shit, the things we think are normal. And the ways we walk with, with women and we say, I feel so much, Lord have mercy. There's so much trauma. Just even if I didn't have any trauma, it feels, and I don't know, right? I can't know. I can't know what it would be like to have had, not had my body violated in the way that it was. And then not having told anyone et cetera, et cetera. And then to suddenly, right. But there's still something about that situation in which I'm not blaming anyone, but I just want to hold everybody's hand in some way. I want to hold my mom's hand and and offer her some, I don't know, you know, like rather than saying, this is what a person has to do. Why don't you take her with you the next time? Why don't you let her experience and meet the doctor and see what it's like to stand in the room when you have a pap smear. Like, I don't know. And and part of me is like, ah, I'm saying these things, but why aren't we saying these things? Why aren't we, why aren't we holding each other's hands through these things that we just think are like, this is life. And yeah, this is what happens. And there's, you just got to suck it up. It's just so, there's so much there, even without the trauma. I just feel the bigness of it. Yeah. I feel the bigness of it too. And I feel so moved by being here with you and here and there, like I'm here with you on the podcast. And then now I'm there with you in the kitchen as this voice in you speaks to like, Oh, all of it, all of the compassion that you feel So when I feel much like I felt earlier, getting to go on the ride of your curiosity, now it's this going on the ride of your empathy and compassion in this space for all people, like you're, you're really in this global space. So it's very moving. And I'm hearing you, I'm hearing and feeling and seeing you speak this to your mom right now and in, in, in that mom in the kitchen 
and I hear and feel and, and see you taking her hand. And I hear in your, you know, why don't we do this? And I, I don't hear any shaming criticism in your why are we doing, you know, it's I hear and see a modeling, an offering. We could, mm -hmm. could do this this way. We could just hold each other's hands and be there with each other and, and maybe even ask questions about what is necessary and what has to be done. You know, just be curious about all this and be present to all of this. Yeah, really moved and honored to be here uh, with you. Yeah, thank you. I'm aware of time as well. Yes, yes, we don't have much time. I would just like to concur that there is no should energy. And in fact, when you named it back to me, I could imagine saying what, what I'm feeling is it doesn't even matter if we go or not. That it's just this opening of conversation, of slowing things down, of making a point of connection, of being the, the vulnerability and the, the impact and the yeah, the, it just feels so healing to my system, separate from any, there's no should or ought to, or why didn't it energy in me right now? Yeah, I have a, a distinct impulse. Like I said earlier, like when I was like, oh, I could have just expressed it to just energetically, empathetically earlier, just expressed that. And that's, yes. I have a distinct impulse towards that now and i um i kind of named it as without naming that impulse i just said you know i see you doing that um with a kind of feeling towards that but there is this impulse to make that really clear and conscious um not just for you but for the listener also to say to shift into here and now as you and i are here and you are here energetically with your mom of this 30 years ago and to allow ourselves to have the energetic experience of your offering to her, which may feel mm. a little bit like a creative imagining or something, but it, but to really lean into the experience of it. And maybe you were feeling the, the experience of it, but I, I wanted to make it, I wanted to name it and dial it in like two clicks, even more precise and clearer as an experience that we could have here, but also as a potential modeling and teaching for, uh, if we talked like, how do we make something rather than an idea? How do we, or not that this was totally an idea at all, not at all, this feels highly experiential, but how do we even, can we dial that in even more a click or two by really making it a conscious experience of expression and reception inside yourself in that moment? Yeah, yeah, I mean, when you said it a moment ago, toward me, I thought, I hear that, but what is that, you know, what would that have meant in that moment? And so now that I'm having sort of my own natural experience with that, I feel the value of it. I don't know quite how to express it, you know, the doing of it. And I'm not sure, like, if you would like to express what that would have looked like a few moments ago in the podcast, like what would have been different about how what would have happened internally for you oh yeah i would have literally focused on you i would have been inside i would have focused on you 
and I would have expressed everything I wanted to express to you. I would have said with a conscious intention, speaking right directly to your heart from my heart, oh, just what you're saying right now is just so moving, is so touching this in me. And I'm so grateful you're sharing this. And this is what it's meaning to me right now. And I want you to know this. And I would have said that, mm. maybe, maybe the words, but then I also just felt it. I would have felt it in my heart and consciously expressed it to you, consciously sent it to you, consciously felt it. And maybe it's a little imagining. It's a, just a tiny bit of imagining, but it's really like, it's like riding a bike. You start with imagining, but then it just becomes a true express, an expression, right? That's just, that's, the imagining is a little doorway into being able to do it, right? To learn how to do it. And then just express it. And you're, and you're continuing to speak. And I'm still, you know, my other ear, imagine one ear is still with you and, and what you're saying now. And the other ear and the other aspect of me is expressing this to you. And, and then allowing myself to feel you receive it. That's the other side of it, the expression. And then I just express and then once that expression's there, to let myself take in that you are receiving it, to allow for that. Right? So a little bit of an act of faith that's happening there, that, that there is this communication empathetic possibility for that. It's a very powerful practice. The same modeling of it would be for us to be there with your mom and just say, you know, just, just go ahead right now and tell your mom everything you just said to me. And just it's just dialing it in a little bit more consciously energetically directing it to your mom and it could be the words but it's really more about the felt sense of what you're expressing like it's like it's okay like we can do this together like we can, i can i can hold your hand mom while you hold the 16 year old's hand and we can all go to, to that together right that that conscious expression and the feeling the consciousness feeling of what does it feel like to make that expression what does it feel like to allow then the breath what is it like for you to let your mom receive it energetically right? to really feel into it? What is it like for your mom to really get that support from you? That allowing to dive into that energetic space, it has a powerful, profound impact on how we relate to ourselves and to others because we have the experience of, of a deep, true, resonant interaction. And it makes more all of that, the why there's more, integration inside ourselves inside our hearts we, we feel more integrated we feel more open to the other to the other in particular which is your mother but the other as the other of all others right there's more openness more comfort so that's a little bit of the why that practice would be and it, it moves away from dualizing right you know oh, do i say do i not do i tell my mom or not no i well i i, I already told her <laughs> I could, I could not in the material world, but I have this space in there. And then I feel more warm and open, which is what I want anyway. That would be my hope anyway, right? So, Yeah, yeah. What I can see myself doing, the me now, is kind of walking across the kitchen to her. And I see myself, it is just what happens. I'm kneeling down. And rather than seeing myself in this, it's like I am just this warm, glowing golden light. And somehow being a warm golden light, I'm taking her hand and I'm making eye contact with her. And in that moment of making eye contact, I see her drop into herself to take a breath. I see her other hand reach out across the kitchen 
in beckoning the 16 year old me and me walking across. And then somehow there's more hands here than are possible. She's taking my sister's hand and we're all just like feeling present and dropping into ourselves and feeling that sense of, of connection. We can do this together. Things slow down. And there's just so much the sense that none of us are alone rather than that feeling that, um, you know, was more common in my house, which was like, we all go off to our separate areas and figure things out and kind of come back together when we figured it out, or we help each other figure it out. But rather this is just this energetic feeling of presence and connection, connection to myself, connection to the other. So it's, it's more sensory. So there you go. Well, I'm taking a big breath and just allowing my nervous system to just kind of breathe all that in. Mm. Yeah, definitely one part of me wishes we had more time to stay there with you and with my presence and registering the we and the, and the podcast presence and all this. And I also imagine we'll have more time to reflect on this in future episodes I am uh, to return to this and come back to it uh, I feel a strong sense of meaning that we connected here you I and the listener I want to thank you the listener for very bravely joining us in this exploration and I'm you know imagining it touched some some deep places inside you and maybe inviting a call to just a compassionate hand-holding, like just modeled, you modeled you know, with your mom and sister, mm-hmm. to whatever aspects of you, whatever inside you may have been stirred up by the content today, whatever parts that might be present, just a compassionate taking a breath, holding hand, being with whatever's there inside yourself. Yeah, both the offering of it and the willingness to receive. Thank you all for coming on the ride and uh, I'll see you next time. Next time.